Coming up on this episode, we begin by calming down about vaccines, eating salsa that's too hot, and revealing the dark secret behind your garage door opener. Then we get into the week's tech news, including the end of the HomePod Classic and background check attached to your dating profile. Stick around, it starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 305, recorded March 15th, 2021. High Definition Horses. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and of course you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by two guys who are looking for ways to spend all that daylight time they just saved. It's Colby Rabideau and Dan Miller. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Or, yeah, it's it's the light out here. Well, I'm seeing out your window. It's like a, it's, it's bright. I got to put on sunglasses. Yeah. I could actually show you the horses now if you want me to. On the on the on the zoo you live in, right? Is that a yes? Nice. No, oh, don't let us stop right. you. You go right ahead. Right. You go right ahead. Our our people watching the video will enjoy this. Uh, thanks to the grand tradition of daylight savings time, which we just experienced this past weekend. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I this year was particularly bad, but maybe I'm just getting better as as I get older. Uh, you can, they're Seems far okay. away. God, those are some blurry looking horses. I love it. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're going to be so HD for the recorded version. That's true. This is great. Amazing. This is great. I've spent, always said we should do the show by strapping a GoPro to Dan's head. And I think this has just taught us that that experience is thrilling. I think that would, that would be, be a lot fun. of fun. Then I could do the show from anywhere. We could do, we could call it Don't Panic Day in the Life. It's just a GoPro. A Dan in the Life. (laughs) A Dan in the Life. I love it. This is great. Well, speaking of exciting things, what's been going on, guys? I spent some of my saved daylight uh, investigating time zone bugs at work. It was cool. (laughs) A daylight savings tradition. Just yesterday, telling Lena about the leap second, and her mind was blown. <laughs> Sean, are you familiar with the leap second? We, I believe we've talked about it on this show, in fact. Okay. Uh, a, a grand tradition of ours. I think every year we end up talking about it. But, uh, <laughs> but, it's, but, it's, but it's, it's, hey, it's a fun little problem, and I'm glad smart people like you guys are out there working on it. I found a cool graph today that showed uh, how much, like, different... I forget what it is. There's like a special time zone that is like the solar time and how much the earth time changes relative to the solar time over the years. And it's like variable, uh, which, which is, yeah, it was a cool graph. Um, but it's interesting that the, the, the not all seconds are a second long. I don't get it. I can barely. Do you guys? <laughs> no, Colby was immensely confused, and I was trying to pivot slightly to something people would understand. But do you guys ever look at analog clocks anymore? No. <laughs> um, I, I, I was thinking about that. As I did, you guys have to reset any clocks, or are you officially now all digital? My stove, I had to change the clock on. That was literally the only thing. Oh, Mike, I had a few devices, which was really pissed me off. Both my both my PC 
and my car, which both have GPS synced clocks, did not know what daylight savings. I had to check a little box that said turn on daylight savings. My my Windows, I had to sync the time with the server for it to update. It was very annoying. Thumbs down. So I have three analog clocks in my apartment. Two of them have dead batteries, so I only (laughs) only had to update one to daylight savings. It's a good way to make time pass slowly. Yeah, like this one, I have this one right here on my desk, but it's been eight, eight, whatever for uh, a good long time now. I was uh, just thinking about the car, you know, as I spend so much time thinking about cars recently. Uh, when we were talking about the leap second, we were in a car, and then we noted that the car, the car's uh, clock did not update. Um, and I was, I was thinking, I like, I guess if I was a car manufacturer. And I was making one of these, like, not one of these fancy cars, but just a regular old car. Maybe it has CarPlay. Uh, how, many, how much time are you going to spend, like, programming the clock thing in the car to, like, read in the GPS information and have, like, because you can't depend on the car being connected to the internet, right? So it would just need to have pre-programmed the information about all, like, the daylight savings time and the time zones and which time zone observes daylight savings time and when, because that can also change. Uh, I, I could see why they don't do it. Same yeah, ovens, but I, I think eventually they will. Well, and that's what, you know, my car, it's, it's, it is set to GPS time. If I change time zones while driving, it'll automatically update. But what I like is that at the minimum, they have a little box that says, you know, turn on daylight savings and it just changes at the hour automatically. So at least I don't have to scroll through the time and do it myself. A lot of devices I've seen now do that. So that's a nice change. Yeah, that's kind of obvious. Why didn't they always do that? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. But um, yeah, so that's a thrill. That's a thrill and a half. Uh, uh, here's the, here's my other. This is my topic. Okay, bring it on. I think it was famous after... people named Mike. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. No, go ahead. I think it was after the show last week when there was the big U.S. presidential news conference about like, oh, everyone's gonna be able to get a vaccine everyone will be able to get a vaccine starting on May 1st or, or whatever. And at first I was like, all right, yeah, this is amazing. Like, sounds great. And then immediately, like me being a program, I was like, yeah, okay. But how, how, like, how, we, how does it work? How are we going to do it? Cause it seems obvious to me that like for every person that you had giving shots, like you would need N number more people taking appointments and doing like, traffic control and like i don't think we can just keep doing the thing where people drive into nfl stadiums there aren't that many of those uh they don't seem to have worked particularly well so i I, every day i log in and i go on to apple news which is what i've been trying to use and i'm like all right where is the like the new york times article about exactly how this is going to work and i haven't found one and no one no one is even mentioning the absence of one Everyone's just like, yeah, this is amazing. And they'll have some off, like, you know, off to the side one sentence. Like, now, you know, just because everyone can sign up doesn't mean that everyone will get one. It's like, yeah, okay, great. But but how? How? Does anyone know how? Has anyone found this article? I put my hand up. 
Sean knows. I I I I sort oh, of. Sorry, know. I call My you answer Sean. to you is no. <laughs> Thank you. I should have put my virtual hand up. Uh, no, I, I, I will give you an unfair alternate answer, which is they don't know how to do it, but it's not as big of a problem as you think. And here's why. So okay. to, to, if you look at it from a state perspective, anywhere from 20 to 30 percent of Americans are already have at least one vaccination shot. I know in the state of Massachusetts, I checked today, it's about 25 percent of eligible adults already have the shot. So let's say it's 25 percent mm-hmm. average nationally. OK. Mm-hmm. Then there's another 20 to 25 percent of people who've straight up said they will not get the shot. Now, that's a problem. Hopefully that changes. But let's assume they don't get the shot. That means 50 percent of Americans are already covered. So that's the good news is is we're already a chunk of the way there. Now, you're right, Dan. The issue is going to be opening up the floodgates all at once. Yes. But what like, a lot My of understanding sta- is that and correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't you know, I'm not eligible to make an appointment. But my understanding is in a lot of places, if you're 75 years old and you you want a uh, an appointment in, I don't know, any given state, chances are it's not going to be easy. Is that true? And oh yeah, have, like, it was a total disaster. Centers off, off the and, like, each each like jurisdiction has its own queue and its own system, so you can't know like. Oh, just because I can't get one in my local town, it's hard to know if the town next next like next door has one. Won't that just oh, become it's more a of a problem? Nightmare. I, I I can tell you. Yes and no. Uh, actually, my three siblings who are all teachers are going to get in a car and drive about two hours to Gillette Stadium here in Mass to get their shots because they couldn't get one closer. So uh, you're you're totally right. Here's the upside, right? is they worked out a lot of those kinks in a smaller 75 plus 65 plus audience. And the sites have gotten a lot better, which is good. And even I've seen that. What also a lot of states are doing is what they used to do is they basically just say, hey, start refreshing your computer at 8 a.m. and hope to God you get one of 30 appointments, right? Right. The Amazon Amazon fresh April 2020 problem. And that's funny. That's exactly what they call it. Um, and, uh, but the good news is a lot of states, including Massachusetts are moving towards a pre registration system. I'm already registered to get a shot. I'm already on a list. Colby is too. And a lot of states are doing this. And what that means is instead of having a crush of appointments, they call you when there is an open appointment, you're in a long queue. And when they get to you, they'll say, here's your nearest center. And here's your nearest shot. Now, not all states are up to date. Part of Joe Biden's announcement the other night was that the U.S. government is going to work on a national program that will kick in when everyone becomes eligible to help manage these appointments. Um, but we but don't it, know what it, that is. We don't. We haven't seen it. Uh, and each state is going about it on their own right now, which means you know some states are a lot better than others. But no, no, it's definitely a nightmare. The plus side is it's gotten better, and there aren't as many people as you think um, still still needing to get shots. But isn't there going to be we here's my other question that i also have been able to find an answer to do we want the rate of vaccinations to increase what or or is like the current rate fine right because like if we want the rate of vaccinations to increase then don't you still need like we need to not only be increasing just having a website isn't going to help because we also need a plan to like increase the number of people making the appointments, the number of people administering the shots and like um, traffic control on the sites and, and so on and so on. 
Maybe I just want Sean to tell me everything's yeah. going to be okay. No, no, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> honestly, honestly, it's just an issue of time. We're getting the shots. We're getting more each day. We get more shots in people's arms than we did the day before. So things right. are getting better. It's just a matter of time. The big issue necessarily hasn't been the resources. It's been the vaccines. We just weren't getting enough shots into the buildings, into people's arms. We have the people, we have the buildings, we have the equipment. It was just getting vaccines. They're now being produced at a far higher rate. You throw in the Johnson and my father just got the Johnson and Johnson. Um, you add that into the mix. That's increasing availability. It's just as each piece gets 50, 60, 70, 80% better. All of them are getting better at the same time, which is expanding that access. So, you know, it, it's only going to get smoother from here. I'm, I remain very optimistic. All right. You know, it, it's, it's just a matter of when there, there will be enough shots for everyone. They will get in everyone's arms. I do honestly feel that way. Um, it's just about how long it takes. And you don't have anywhere to be or any plans. So you've got plenty of time to wait. Well, <laughs> <laughs> do you think i, I would feel a lot better a for everyone involved in in a wedding season this summer if uh if the timeline were accelerated <laughs> i hear well hey dan you'll be happy to i know you don't live there anymore but i did read connecticut today is saying they're going to start general vaccinations in uh april and they're they're feeling pretty confident about that yeah interesting uh i could live there i don't live anywhere right now well, that might be a problem if you need to get a. Although I will say, there's there's literally no. Again, I can only speak for Massachusetts, but you only have to go on and say, "Hi, I'm Dan. I'd like a vaccine." And then when you get there, you just have to show an ID saying you're Dan, and they give you a vaccine. There really wasn't much in the way of verifying you live there right. or you're sick or your age or anything like that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I technically still live in New York City. I just, I'm just not there right now. Well, actually, that might be probably your better. I mean, they're they're giving shots 24 hours a day there. So um, yeah. if there was a place to get one when they open it up, you could do worse than that. Yeah, I don't know. They haven't done a very good job at every stage so far. So I'm not confident that when I mean, this is the New York problem, like whether you're going to try to see a Nets game or like some famous artist game. in Madison, or Madison Square Garden. Uh, a Knicks game, maybe not so much, but uh, it's going to be impossible to do anything, <laughs> right? If 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 the collective whole of capitalism hasn't found an efficient way to get people in New York pizza and Billy Joel tickets, uh, how on earth are they going to get people vaccines? I don't know, but your confidence um, inspires me. I I I. I read way too much on it. And I feel good. I did read an interesting question though today, which was the Biden administration is looking at essentially how do you prove you have a vaccine? Now, right now you get the little printout card that they sort of write on and say, you got it. But you know, they're looking at ways to create a, some sort of vaccine passport for trips and for events and for things like that. Um, and they haven't come up with a solution yet, but, but it is an interesting question. Well, we know how to prove that people have vaccines in a medical setting. Right. And that and that was one of the that was one of the Biden administration's pushes was they said it needs to be 
open source, digital and print. It's got to be secure, non-centralized. It's got, they had a whole list of things, which was really interesting. I wish I had the article, um, but they really are thinking ahead. And, you know, we don't want Apple to build out some proprietary solution that, you know, works in your Apple wallet. We want it to be something um, that, that really does work for everyone. Interesting. So does that mean like like people are there? I like I've heard people talk about this like in the news and stuff, but like well, like what would that be for? For like traveling to other countries? It, it, as far as I understand it, yes, it would be things like that. It would be if venues do want to require it, they certainly can. Um, I think the big thing that they're concerned about is should down the road we need a booster shot or mm. another vaccine at some point, being able to trace when you had your shot and which shot you had is going to be more important then even than it is now. And a lot of people are going to lose their stupid little cards and the records aren't really well kept right now. So creating a system to have that recorded is, is going to be a pretty valuable resource down the road. Yeah, that makes sense. I wasn't even thinking about that. Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't come to that, uh, or at least we'll be much better prepared that time around. But yeah, that's what you got to think about. Booster shots. <laughs> oh, well, um, what else is uh, what else is going on? That's not let, let me tell you, I had a thrilling adventure the other day. You guys want to hear this? Yeah. this is going to blow your mind. This is yes. the most exciting thing that's happened to me. OK, I a while back bought Clint's salsa okay it's a salsa brand i bought it at the store it's from texas i had it when i lived there now they have it up here it's great it's fantastic salsa i can't recommend it enough i buy the medium it's good a little bit of heat i'm not a spicy guy but it's got great flavor and it's very fresh okay so i enjoyed it so much i finished the jar and i went and got another jar of clint's medium salsa i ate that salsa it was significantly hotter than the last jar of medium salsa i got and my mouth was on fire can you believe it this is the excitement that my life has. Do you, huh. So did you did you write into the Clint yeah. Salsa Corporation? I haven't decided. I haven't. I have. This happened literally the other day, and I was eating it, and I'm like, "This is good." And I'm like, "This is really hot." And I'm like, "Oh my god, this is like really hot." I had to stop eating it. It was it was unbearable, but it said medium on the jar. I was really furious. Now, do you think, what do you think happened? Just like a stray pepper fell in, in your vat, your vat of salsa or something? You know, it's so funny because the one thing I noticed right away was there were a lot of jalapeno seeds in it. More than, because they're white, they really stand out. And I was like, I've never seen that before. So I think you're right. I do think this batch got a little too much uh, jalapeno, raw, full jalapeno in there. And uh, oh boy, was it spicy. That must be difficult to do because, like, I don't know if you've ever bought like jalapenos at this store, but like sometimes, like, they vary wildly in how spicy they are. Like, sometimes you get a jalapeno that tastes like a, a like a bell pepper, like no spice at all. You could just chomp on it, and you know, feel no effects. But sometimes you get like a, an actually like legit spicy pepper. It's very weird. Well, that's what's crazy is, is like, I guess that proves it is made fresh in small batches by a small cut. Like if I bought, you know, uh, you know, uh, well, <laughs> why can't I think of the name? The, uh, the New York salsa. What, what was it? What the old, uh, 
Pace Picante? Was that was that Paste. what were those old you remember those old commercials? Pace, the helpful place. No, that's <laughs> definitely not it. That's <laughs> no, no. Um, close, but no. Um but anyway, if I had had one of those, I you know, those are consistent because they're just blended to crap and made in bulk. So I don't know. I maybe that's a plus. Certainly surprising. I don't know. Here's a question for you, Sean. Why would anyone listen to the show? <laughs> I cannot well, answer of, that. Because of the great content about salsa. And vaccination shots. Go ahead, Dan. Like What's that. your question? So I like like I've I've said, I'm in the background. My 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 light background reading these days is car insurance and, and car purchasing. Just so I want to understand all the things because I don't know anything about cars really. I know a lot more than I did six months ago, but um and one one thing I stumbled across is that there's this like proprietary, like specific wireless technology for garage door openers. I forget what it's called. Home link, is that what it's called? But then I think I remember you I saying you got a, a, a smart garage door opener. Is it home link? Is it like Wi-Fi enabled? How does your how is your garage door smart? Uh, well, unfortunately, I actually donated to my brother. I don't have a garage anymore. But when I did have it, yeah, the, the thing is, is uh, garage door openers are one of those like sneaky monopolies where there's like one company that secretly makes 80% of the garage door openers under different master? brand names. Well, it's Liftma- Chamberlain is the, is like the parent company, but it, they own Liftmaster and Craftsman or whatever. They own a couple of them that they've bought over the years and they own like the market. And so it is their technology that if it's not compatible, the genie, I think, is also theirs. If it's not compatible with with Chamberlain, like don't even show up. And so it's their it's I actually bought Chamberlain's wireless adapter and it's speaked uh, over whatever protocol to my Chamberlain manufactured garage door opener and converted that into Wi-Fi. So it essentially over the Wi-Fi, it would send a little ping then over this proprietary wireless connection between the smart thing in the garage door opener would bing and it would lift up like like that's why you don't see a lot of smart garage door openers is because the um the wireless connectivity is kind of a pain it's now, not like a i always assumed it was like an uh, like an rf remote control for a tv where you just get a new one and program it to be for whatever right. tv and it, it no it doesn't work that way that's so interesting i did not know that now can could you use a smart garage door opener to open your garage door automatically when you arrive? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but you do it with like a with. I don't remember if I did it with the the, the app for the system or an IFT trigger. But yes, absolutely, it was IFT integrated, so you could program it to do you know also you know when it gets cold out, open the garage door. What I don't would know be you your do IFT that, trigger? Um, I you know I never did any of that kind of crazy stuff with it, but. If your stocks went up in price, your garage door could open. I mean, I don't know why you would do any of those, oh, but, but you could. In my mind, if it was just like relying on your phone's location services, I don't know. It feels like it would be too slow, but maybe I'm wrong. I've never really used no, it for something like that. I used to use Ift with my uh, Hue lights, and I would say, hey, when I'm on my way home from work or I enter the turn on, and I found that GPS was just not accurate enough, and I think it was the Ift app wasn't pulling it enough mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so if it and the other thing is is and i think this was just where my house was but sometimes i would like drive by my house but not go to it <laughs> sure. so like the radius was too big that i would like my lights would turn on randomly and it just it it the location based stuff now it's the same with my smart lock 
where I can set it up when I enter a certain radius, it'll unlock the door and it's, it takes so long to trigger that I already walk up to the front door and manually unlock it before it automatically figures it out. Right. So it's just not, it's just not good enough. Um, mm. I will say the one thing I always wanted to program the smart garage door for that I never was able to was to remotely start my car in the morning and open the garage door um, when it was cold out. And I never, unfortunately never got that to work. That to me mm. is like the ultimate application is if you can do that, then like, you're, you're good to go. World's your oyster. Now, I it mean, seems come on, to me good. like if, if one were designing a garage door opener from scratch, uh, which it strikes me that these companies probably are not, uh, you would use Bluetooth for this because the Bluetooth would be a lot more reliable, a lot faster, like the low energy stuff and be like, oh, yeah, there's like there's a car in the garage in the driveway. Uh, yeah. You know, can you do that? that That's that a good, seems I, like I do know the. The new manufactured ones do have Wi-Fi in them. So this is built in. I had an older one. You don't need the adapter on the newer ones. Why they don't use Bluetooth, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know what the range is to like a garage door opener on the ceiling of your garage versus your car in your driveway and um what the right. distance is, but that would be a would be a good idea for sure. Hmm. Okay. I mean that yeah. Hmm. Uh now Dan, you you and I were talking about cribbage before the show, and you said we should talk about it on the show. Um, oh no, we, that's not what I meant. I was going to bring up oh. the vaccine thing, but we can talk oh. about cribbage. <laughs> no, let's not. Let's talk about tech news instead. That's much more okay. exciting than cribbage. <laughs> uh, we've got some stories here in the rundown. I'd like you guys to take a look and tell me what you want to talk about. It was a slow news week, so um, yeah. maybe we'll breeze through the segment pretty quick. But work on those slim pickings and let me know what you'd like to talk about first. Uh, I want to talk about the HomePod. Ah, uh, another one of our famous "Don't Panic, Rest in Pieces." Yeah. Goodbye, HomePod. Apple has announced they are discontinuing what I'm now going to call HomePod Classic. Um, their statement said, and I quote. HomePod Mini has been a hit since its debut last fall, offering customers amazing sound and intelligent assistant and smart home control, all for just $99. We are focusing our efforts on HomePod Mini. We are discontinuing the original HomePod. It will continue to be available while supplies last through the Apple Online Store, Apple Retail Store, and Apple Authorized Resellers. Apple will provide HomePod customers with software updates and service and support through Apple Care. Now, the uh, the Space Gray is already sold out. I haven't looked recently to see if they're available anywhere. They might all be sold out. Um, it was selling for two ninety nine. Um, yeah, there you go. Rest in peace. It's right up there with the Apple Hi-Fi and the, uh, and the uh, clouds in the sky. It's too bad when 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 I got a house. That was one of the things. Like someday, someday I'll have a house, right? And when I, when I had a, a place with more yep. than two rooms, I was like, oh, I'll totally get a HomePod then. But until then. Like one of my rooms is going to have my TV in it, which is going to have a nice sound system. So there's no point. Um, and that TV has an Apple TV hooked up to it. So there's like, I literally get nothing except I guess I don't have a, a lady in the tube ball to talk to. Uh, but otherwise, yeah. So I was bummed. I missed the home pod train. I heard it sounded really good. Yeah. The, the lady in the tube can turn off your Apple TV. That's my favorite application. <laughs> that is pretty cool. Yeah. 
can turn on the TV too. And I can't think do if anything you to enable, the TV like, it's on, but I can turn it on and off. If you enable the CEC thing, Colby, your uh, your lady in the tube can also turn on and off your PS4. Because you can say, "Hey, Dingus, switch oh, interesting. to switch to HDMI port three, and when it does that, if the CEC thing is enabled, it will tell the thing on the other end to turn on." Yeah, that's true. I haven't haven't tried it for that. But I bet it would work. I think mine even I, uh, picked up the uh the names of the inputs from the TV. So I can say switch to PlayStation and it it understands what I mean. Yeah, that you're right. That stuff is pretty cool. I don't hear people talk about uh HomeKit ability to control TVs that often. Yeah, I, uh, I, you can hook, uh, or at least I was able to hook my Vizio up through Amazon and through their smart lady, and then I ran into an issue where, and I run into this with 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 the the talking smart home stuff all the time. Is everything has a name, but because I have so much smart home stuff, there's like multiple of the same thing, so they have everything has a unique name. So you have to like, you can't just walk to my house and tell it to turn things on and off. You have to know the exact right vernacular to turn the right things on and off. <laughs> and literally, I forgot what I called the TV when I set it up. So I'd be like, oh, turn on the TV. Oh, I don't know what TV is. And I go, uh, turn on living room TV. I don't know what living room TV. Like I couldn't remember what I called it. And so I just gave up and never used it. <laughs> my, so when I first got the HomePod, the my TV, my Apple TV was called Colby's Apple TV. And so every time I said, like, hey Siri, turn off, turn off the TV, she would say, okay, the Colby's Apple TV is off. <laughs> so stupid. That's awesome. Although I'm kind of bummed you didn't refer to yourself in the third party. Be like, turn off Colby's Apple TV. And be like, yes, that's right. It's mine. Yeah. I like the Colby. The Colby's. The, the Colby's Apple TV. I just changed the name to TV. Very smart. Yeah. Keep it simple. Um, Dan, you know, you can still get a white HomePod. They are still for sale. Yeah, but like I said, I have no idea when I'll get a house. So it seems a bit foolish to buy a $300 speaker for a house it's I don't gonna have. It's not going to fit in your suitcase? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it looks like it would fit in the suitcase, but I don't know. I, I am thinking about it, but then again, again, it doesn't seem like a good expenditure. Well, and most Americans agreed with you. So yeah, the, the other thing I like about this dead. press release is that like Apple was definitely going to do this way beforehand because there's only been one quarter like earnings announced since the uh, the HomePod Mini was released. So this was in the works. Yeah, yeah, and we we've seen a lot of stories come through about how few of these they've actually shipped. Um, and I'm sure at some point we'll get an exact accounting, but it's been, yeah, it's it been was pretty kind bad. Of expensive. Well, that and, and the I just iPhone. Think... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, just the the iPhone Mini is another one of those you hear a lot of rumbles about recently, selling poorly. Yeah, I was just reading the the rumors. They've cut seventy percent. They've cut uh production of that. They they way overshot on the the Mini iPhone. I just think it's, you know, it's sort of um post-morteming its failure i think the person who buys a dope sounding 299 home speaker system 
gets a Sonos or something. Like, I just don't think they ever got, if you're spending this much, you want a whole home system. If you want a smart assistant, you'll spend 50 bucks and get an Amazon product. If you want a whole home or $99 for a HomePod mini, if you want a a whole house audio setup, you're not going to just buy one HomePod. You're going to buy something more premium like a Sonos. Am I wrong? I mean, I think that's, I don't think they found that sweet spot. I think they overshot on the price, but didn't deliver what someone spending $299 really wants. Yeah, it's not that it didn't sound good. It's just that you couldn't use it for all the things you wanted to. Like, I think it sounds, from what I've read, it sounds just as good as any speaker you could buy, but it just, you can only hook it up to an Apple TV and your iPod and iPhone. Right. And no Spotify. Yeah, well, yeah, that was the other thing. Well, they barely marketed the thing. Yeah. That's true. You know, I mean, how many non-tech people knew this existed? I mean, I, it sounds stupid, but like legitimately, how many average people knew this was a product you could go buy? Um, I feel like with the uh, the mini, they really ran a lot of commercials and a lot of advertising for it. So not surprising. Yeah. Not surprising. Add it to the graveyard. The graveyard. All right. What else is there to talk about? It doesn't even have to be things listed on the uh, on the spreadsheet. We can talk about anything you like. <laughs> Background checks on Tinder. Yeah, let's talk about that. Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. Uh, Tinder, a subsidiary of the Match Group, uh, announced an investment in Garbo, not only a badly named company, but also uh. a nonprofit that looks to allow people to run background checks with only a first name and a phone number or a full name. Um, the plan is to let Tinder users vet their dates with details like their arrest record or history of violence. Uh, they Garbo says it collects, quote, public records and reports of violence or abuse, including arrests, convictions, restraining orders, harassment, and other violent crimes. And that it gets this from police reports, orders of protection, restraining orders, and other legal documents that report abuse, harassment, or other crimes. Um, now, they specifically say they don't publicize drug possession charges. Um, they also, uh, yeah, okay, there's that. Uh, they haven't figured out how they're going to roll it out to users yet. Um, they say it won't be free, but whether it'll be part of a subscription or part of an a la carte feature, they don't know. They're going to be testing it in the coming months. Um, so... There you go. What is Match Group? So, great question, Colby. So, uh, again, one of those sneaky monopolies you didn't know existed. Uh, (laughs) Match Group is a umbrella company that owns most of the um, dating services you've heard of, including Match.com, OkCupid, Plenty of Fish, Tinder, Our Time, Hinge, Ablo, Meetic, Twoo, Ship, Pairs, Love Scout 24. Black People Meet, Hawaii, Dyson's Domain, Chispa. I'm assuming some of these are international. Um, and others. What about uh, Christian Single Mingle? <laughs> Christian Single Mingle? Is that what That's it's a called? Better name. No, you think of <laughs> Christian Mingle, but oh. Christian Single Mingle is good. That sounds more <laughs> fun. Um, yes, let me see. Who owns Christian Mingle? Wasn't- um wasn't there a, a one of the a, like a denominational dating app that was started by Maris people? Uh, J date, yes. 
<laughs> yes, that's what I was thinking. Well, and uh, so uh, Christian Mingle is owned by Spark Networks, which owns the following dating brands, including Christian Mingle, J-Date, must have bought that at some point, uh, Elite Singles for Educated Professionals, Silver Singles for the Over 50, uh, J-Swipe, a Jewish online dating app, um, Zusk, uh, what else? I think that's most of them. Zeusk for animals. <laughs> Let's see for for the time. Find your dog, the their next best friend. It says here it's a dating product for stupid people. That can't be right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't say. No, it's it's basically just a it's just a regular an anyone real, dating site. All dating site. Got it. Interesting. Which. Which one? Who owns Bumble? Bumble has like so many ads here. I'm gonna right get now. you guys are gonna screw with my Google recommendations now that I'm searching all these dating apps. So thank you for that. Uh, that's really nice of you. Um, Bumble is its own company. It's publicly traded. You can invest stock ticker BMBL. But it was Two. left. It, it was founded by the person who co-founded Tinder. I think I knew that. If you want to go on a date with Sean, email don'tpanicshow at gmail.com. <laughs> Honestly, I, I would be very concerned about the person who, A, listens to the show at all, and then B, was like, you know what? After listening to all of these episodes, I want to go out with the Sean guy. Uh, I would be very concerned. You have a lot of lot of issues at that point. Oh, my but God. There's be, a whole... They would be vetted at that point, right? Like I was going to say, you know everything about me. I don't hide much. Do you know how many dating sites there are? How many? Hundreds? I, no, it's a lot, but I'm just looking at a list, and these are wild. Beautifulpeople.com, where only beautiful people can date. <laughs> How do they enforce this? Is there like an app review process? It's uh, Well, the description <laughs> is a dating website where membership is based on a vote in which existing members rate how attractive they perceive prospective members to be. Oh, so boy. you get voted so on how good looking they are. They just went all the way down the Facebook.com route there. Oh my God! There's a there's a DNA romance. Ooh. They actually test your DNA and find you a match via your DNA. Don't know how okay. that works. Okay, up for debate idea. <laughs> okay. Create Sean signs up for a bunch of dating apps. Of, yeah, create a new kind of dating website. Right, a novel. I a mean, novel I gotta thing. be honest. There are an awful. I would describe it as a bit of a bit of a saturated market at this point. Um. Oh, you know, here we go. You, you can Moon say a lot it. of things about Matt, but he is a font of new ideas. For oh, sure. It would be. I mean, he's the man who invented a restaurant where your food is served by a robot that every once in a while goes berserk and kills people. So, <laughs> you know, he's a he's a smart guy. He's a, he's a pretty bright guy. Um, yeah. So anyway, a lot of a lot of really interesting stuff out there. But anyway, yes, Tinder will soon be doing background checks on you. Guys, is that a great idea or an upsetting idea? Uh, Can it be both? Yeah. I I don't see why not. Yeah, I think the unfortunate reality is for, like, women especially, I imagine, this is both upsetting and necessary, or at least makes you feel a lot better. 
yeah. Yeah. I think the like less of I don't know. I don't know if I have any I I can see why you might want to do it if you're using Tinder. Um but the I feel like this thing Garbo, whatever the 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 corporate entity behind this is, it feels like fast forward ten years, like this is another thing like you know, like the identity monitoring software from the credit reporting agencies where like, you know, we'll have to pay them to tell us when we get like, you know, when something weird happens and like your name is mixed up with someone else. And it's like mm-hmm. telling, telling, every, telling everyone behind your back that you're a, like, you know, a, a, a zoo, zoo robber or something, you know? Yeah. How cool would it be to be a zoo robber? Know. Seems uh, like an a bad an, idea. Animal thief. Animal liberator. <laughs> I don't know why that's the first thing that came to mind. I guess I. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, uh, my question no, is, why don't this they? Is a, it's a, yeah, go ahead. Why don't they do? Because a lot of like Airbnb and in Tinder, like I remember, it's a long time ago, but you could like attach your Instagram account and. And at least the sense I got, I don't know if this was ever factored into their like rankings or whatever, but the sense I got was that if you looked at someone's profile and they had an Instagram account attached, it like lended more credence to it. So I I wonder why they don't make it an Airbnb. I think that's like an identity verification thing where you, you uh, can opt to, or maybe they have to an Airbnb. I don't think you do. I think you can opt to like upload your driver's license and get your identity verified. Why didn't they just make it an optional thing where like, hey, if tons of people start like submitting their background checks, then uh, they would see that on their profiles and the the marketplace would sort of make that a uh, desirable trait without having to like do it to someone. Because that's the thing that feels weird about it to me is what happens if if someone's on this and they someone runs a background check on them without their knowledge? Like that seems weird. Yeah, I, I a million percent agree with you, Dan. I think it is a cool opt-in idea where, like, Dan volunteered to do a background check, and he came up clean. You should date him. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. that's a cool idea, um, except for being a, a zoo thief. But, I, you know, I, oh, the issue I have, you know, I've had a little bit of, you know, my company runs background checks on new employees, and I've worked with our HR department and seen some of these background checks. They're not very good. In terms of quality. And this is like a professional background check company who does this for a living. Um, they're just not. I, I What scares me the most is not the concept of background checks. It's where does Garbo get their data? And like who verifies it and who checks that's good. Again, all you search for is someone named Dan with the phone number Dan has. Like, is that really a good way to find somebody? You know what I mean? I, I uh, if they could prove to me like, oh, no, it's 100 percent accurate. It only shows the things that you really need to know before you date somebody. I'd be much more on board. I'm terrified of what nonsense they're going to run. And it's going to, you know, oh, Dan's spent 20 years in jail. It's like, no, no, that's a different Dan, a different Dan <laughs> Miller. He lives in Oklahoma. You know, it's there like, are a lot you'd of be them. shocked how often that happens. So how does how do background checks work? I've never really thought about it. Does anyone know? It's it's I, I'm not a full expert in it, but it's literally the same concept where you have a company, 
a lot of databases you can pay for access to, like the DMV database, like you can just pay them a bunch of money and they'll let you search driving records um, as a company. There, you'd be surprised at how easily your data is sold. So what it is, is the background check company just pays for access to the credit unions and to get access to their data. And, you know, they compile all this stuff over time. Uh, criminal records are a little harder because they're not as centralized. But basically... But they, but they uh, are all public. Right. They're just not all, like, in a single database, which makes it difficult. But these guys have gotten good at it over the years, and they've made a business out of it. So it's, in theory, it's not difficult. It's just you have to get everything set up and going. And now they do social media background checks, which are always hilarious because uh, I knew somebody who got like flagged 150 times. It's just because they used the word fuck 150 times, even though it wasn't inappropriate. And they're like, oh, you've been flagged. I'm like, okay. Wait a second. Have you seen it? What is in a social media background check? Have you ever seen one? Uh, I've been told secondhand of one. I haven't actually seen the physical report, but basically they scan your social media accounts for keywords and phrases. They don't have someone read all of it. They essentially get access to the Twitter firehose sure. or whatever, and they scan it and they look for things like profanity, um, slurs, uh, races, you know, all that kind of stuff you wouldn't want to hire someone for. Um, but you know, that's, that's how it works. And then they give all those results to the person who paid them in my case, my company. <laughs> right. Which, by the way, I'm very thankful because they instituted that after I started working there. I'm very thankful they didn't do one on me. Not that I've said anything particularly bad, but I do know I've used a lot of inappropriate language um, in terms of <laughs> profanity. So I certainly would have gotten caught. Right. Wash your mouth out with soap. I stand by <laughs> it. I, I stand by everything I said, damn it. Challenge accepted. Dig up Sean's old tweets and see if he still stands by all of them. If there's got you know if there really was a because doing it on Twitter itself is kind of a pain. If there was an easy way to like bulk export my tweets in Excel, maybe there is. Um, I would like to go and look at like my my first year of tweets. They've got to be so spectacularly stupid. I can't even. I was still in high school when I started on Twitter. I can't even imagine how stupid it was. In high school, wow. I don't think I was. In yeah, it. same. Yep. Yep, and I'm sure it was the stupid, like, oh, going to get a sandwich. Oh, nice day outside. You know, I'm sure, it was nothing inappropriate. It was just useless. All right. Useless. Good times. Yeah. Garbo. I want to run a background check on myself now. I have to join the wait list. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, people would pay for that. Like like you said, Dan, it's like a credit score. It's like, I kind of want to know what's in there. Yeah. That's a good business. But they say Garbo is supposedly a nonprofit, they say. Um, so. Hmm. Interesting. It is interesting. Will we promise, will the three of us promise to take the Garbo challenge? If, if it opens up, we'll all run a background check on ourselves and, and report the results. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Scouts honor. Yeah. Scouts honor. I, I think I'm in. Okay. Okay. Okay, there shouldn't be anything, but you don't know. You never know. You don't know. Maybe the, there are things I don't know about you two. There might be things I don't know about myself. It's true. <laughs> I was in prison. <laughs> yeah, it could be oh, a well, re reincarnation. Possible. Yes, exactly. We'll haul you off. It was a different Dan Miller, I swear. 
Um, are there any other news stories you want to talk about, or do you guys want to move on to picks? I'm ready. Me too. Okay, then we're going to move on to picks, the part of the show where Joe brings something we want to share with the world. And Colby's going to go first. Boy, what an eclectic mix of picks we have this week, Colby. What do you got here? It's me. So recently I purchased this uh, five-quart Coleman like hard shell cooler. And I purchased it for making ice in my freezer. Um, I don't, uh, Have any of you ever been around for clear ice? Clear ice at Colby's? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so the way you make if you want to bulk make clear ice, you can do it using a cooler in your freezer. But the cooler I have is pretty big. So like it fits in my freezer, but I have to take out like everything out of my freezer. I have to take out all the shelves and like half the stuff or like rearrange everything to fit the big cooler in. But I looked around some online. I found this five quart one that'll fit in on the shelves without me having to take the shelves out at all. This is great. So if you want to make ice in your freezer, make big ice, big ice in your freezer. That should be Coleman's slogan. Make big ice with Coleman. Right. It. I think it works better in the other cooler, but like this is good enough for day to day. If I was like trying to make this for an, like a party or something, I would probably still use the other one. But this this does the job. That's awesome. Uh, also, now, it's $12. So, like. It's a nice looking cooler. Great for, like, a picnic or something. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to do a new thing whenever we pick an Amazon product where I'm going to pick out a review I particularly like about it, and I'm going to share it. Uh, and this is for the Coleman Flip Lid 5-Quart Cooler. This review comes to us from uh, Jay Young Min. Uh, who says, I like this, but when I opened it, I saw a dead bug. I clean, but I feel bad. <laughs> title of that is Dead Bug. So, that's awesome. Check it out, the Coleman Flip Lid Cooler. And it comes in red. Do you get in red or blue? I think I got the blue one, because that's the only one that was in stock when I got it. But I would have gotten the red one if it was available. Well, they both look good, I'll tell you. You save a little bit of money. The red one is uh, about 40 cents more expensive. So there you go. Cool. Uh, Dan, what about you? I am genuinely. So I've heard of this product. I've been curious of this product. I got to know the Dan experience. What are you picking this week? So I'm picking a thing called Loom, which is an app. I think it's on all the major platforms. Uh, it's a desktop app, though, I think. And. What Loom is, is a way, instead of like in programming a lot, we take screenshots of things and maybe we like draw circles around things. Maybe we annotate it with some text and then we send it to someone. Loom is a way to do that, but with video really easily. So you can take a video of yourself doing something, including with like your microphone and narrating what's going on. Uh, and you can make little like video edits and draw things and do some like basic video editing. And it, upload super quickly and you get a link and you can send it to someone and it it supports all the enterprise features so you can have like links that only work for people in your company and stuff like that uh it's really helpful when you're working remotely to be able and you're working across time zones to have like an async conversation about how something should work in such a way that like if you're posting it in a chat room that everyone else can see 
and kind of replay the conversation. It's it's pretty cool. It works really well. I'm surprised you've heard of it, that Sean. Are you thinking of using cool. this for uh, fasteners? No, you know what it is, is I have um, some of my web developers I work with on our website, they send me stuff in Loom. Um, ah. And so I've gotten it as like a receiving it. I've never actually used it to record anything, but um, but it was great. It was really cool. So uh, I'm impressed and the price is right at free. So um, yeah, definitely. If I have anything to see, I'm the kind of guy, and again, this is, I'm not remote. So now I'm in the habit of, I just get up and walk to your desk and stand over your shoulder and just show you how to do it. Maybe I need right. room so I can stay at my desk. <laughs> That would be great. Uh, yeah, check it out. Loom, L-O-O-M dot com. That's awesome. All right. To round out our picks, last week I picked the M stand for the Mac as part of my work desk upgrade program. I got another pick from that. Uh, it is the SteelSeries QCK Mini Gaming Mouse Pads Black Small. I don't think that's the full name, but it is. Uh, it's a mouse pad. Now, I don't know. How do you guys feel about mouse pads? I have this one. It's great. Oh, look at you. Was a, oh, see, someone's smart. Someone read the wire cutter. Um, I th- was this wire cutter's pick? I can't remember. I think um, so. I, they may have picked a bigger one. I think mine's a bit bigger. Yeah, I have a, I have a very small cluttered desk at work, but I actually, because I have my Mac setup and my Windows setup, so I actually ordered two of them, one for each mouse. Uh, and it's um, it's awesome. It's it's really fantastic. And it's $7. So um, the Steel Series QCK, it comes in a couple different sizes. I got the small, which I don't think I would, well, they don't go any smaller, but it's a, definitely enough size to use. Um, and then you can go bigger to the, the medium, the large, but uh, it's nothing fancy. It's a mouse pad, but it's just really smooth, really nice, has a good good cushion, good feel. I, I was incredibly impressed by what I got for $7. So that's all. Yeah, as I someone almost, who doesn't have a mouse pad right now, I've like an uneven surface. You don't realize it when you haven't used a mouse pad for so long, but an uneven surface is like so annoying and it tracks a little bit differently and sometimes it skips, right? And the mouse pad just solves solves all those problems and it just feels really nice when your wrist is moving. Like having the big one, to have your whole wrist laying on the table with the mouse pad and the mouse pad is covering your yeah. whole arm. It's nice. It feels nice. Yeah, I have an issue at the office where my office is directly connected to a warehouse and packing facility, and we share an air system with them, which means everything gets a fine layer of dust and filth on it. Uh, and as you roll your mouse across that on top of the desk all day, it collects on the mouse and gets very gross very quickly. So putting it on a mouse pad makes a big difference. Um, so, um, yeah, I, it was a, definitely a good upgrade. So. Check that out. Link will be on the website. You can pick it up there. Um, and that is that. Guys, anything else you'd like to say or do this evening? No. no we did it. I'm looking forward to our background checks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm very curious. We may lose a co-host. We'll find <laughs> out. Um, hopefully not. Uh, no, hey, uh, another great episode in the books. I do want to quickly remind people, of course, of the Up for Debate podcast. I don't know if you guys had a chance to listen to our last episode, episode 200. We played text adventure games. Um, 
It was a ton of fun. Uh, we couldn't do last week's episode because I stupidly scheduled my ophthalmologist appointment right before the show, and I could not see anything. So lesson learned. <laughs> and it was an episode that requires me to read a lot of on-screen text. So I said, Matt, I'm so sorry, but <laughs> I cannot read anything. Tragedy um, strikes. The good news is my eyes have gotten better, although my doctor said, and I quote, you have the eyes of a 70-year-old. <laughs> so, And he says he uses me as an example with his other patients. Uh, because I'm a, a young man whose eyes are slowly being destroyed by looking at screens constantly. <laughs> and he says, I tell other young people, don't be like you. I said, thanks, Doc. You're really making me feel good about this. So, Aww. um, but, uh, anyway, so, uh, we did have a show last week where to continue the adventure. March Madness continues episode 201 as we conclude our grand adventure. So check it out over at upfordebate.tv or wherever you get podcasts, just search for up for debate. Um, it was a really fun one. Of course, our show, Don'tPanic.io, is our fantastic website. You should go there. All the episodes are there. Uh, this week's picks and this week in Pickstory is there as well. See some of the fun uh, See some of the fun stuff that we've picked in the past. Now I'm curious. I'm going to go on and see what we've picked in, in the past here. Uh, see if we remember any. Colby, do you remember Mozart in the Jungle? Oh, yeah. Vaguely. Yeah. It was, you, it was, that was one of the first shows I ever watched on Amazon Prime, if I recall correctly. Yep. Yep, that was back in uh that was picked back in 2016. Dan, you picked Legion. Remember Legion? Yes, I think about it all the time. It's so good. 2017. Uh People, everyone's I, talking about WandaVision right now. I'm like, "Where were you 5 years ago?" Yeah, Le- I totally agree with you. Legion definitely kicked that off. Um and I picked my rollerboard suitcase that I still use and love, my Travel Pro Platinum. That thing's amazing. So all the past picks are on the website. You can check them out there. And of course, contact us, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com or tweet at us at don'tpanicshow. We will be back next week with hopefully some tech news. It's a quiet time of year, but as we head into March and April, we're going to start kicking off the summer. Big stuff coming up. We got all the big conferences will be in that sort of May-June time frame. So we got a lot of great stuff coming up. You're going to want to stick around and subscribe. Come on back. On behalf of Colby and Dan, I'm Sean. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time for another episode of Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.